Did I fall asleep? For a little while. everyone and welcome to Active Architecture. This is our episode 0.5. Today we'll be covering the unaired pilot entitled Echo. I'm Kevin Batchelder. I'm Jen Gappinger. And I'm Jay. All right, welcome back everyone. Hopefully you heard our uh, introductory episode. I think we called it episode 0 just for the sake of getting our website and feed off the ground. Uh, if not, don't worry, didn't miss anything important. We just kind of introduced ourselves a little bit and kind of gave you some ideas of uh, what's going to be happening on the podcast a bit. I uh, uh, won't bore you with repeating it all, but essentially, you know, we'll be here going through the uh, series uh, in the aired order. Some people have asked, and we'll talk about this at some point, about maybe doing it in a certain slightly different sequence, as you all know, since we're not newbie-friendly here, just so uh, get all of our uh, info out in front uh, while we're going to focus on our discussion about the Unite Pilot. Uh, this is not a newbie-friendly podcast, so at any time if we catch a cool topic or character, we might talk about something that happened uh, you know, late in the second season or something. So we don't want to surprise anybody in case you're listening to us for the first time. So keep that in mind, but we will uh, focus on what happens here uh, and uh, use that as a springboard going throughout the episode. So uh, I, I don't know about you guys, but uh, maybe a good starting point for me uh, certainly is talking about how uh, when this show was airing, how disappointing it was when we first heard him announce that uh, you know Joss and all had shot this episode, but we weren't going to get to see it. Yeah, that was one of those moments where you that the the you know bottom of your stomach drops and you go, oh, here we go again. But the only thing that made me feel a little better was that it was Joss coming out saying, no, 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 this is something I want to kind of do, which of course we find out later that it was <laughs> a little bit not so much that. But I, I do like how he kind of came out and was like, "No, no, no, I'm, I'm, I want to change some of it too." So, yeah, it, it was, it was a, I don't know, a mixed bag per se. Well, yeah, I mean, before the show even aired, you, you know, it was mentioned in the the fall before it aired, and I believe February is when it started. But, um, you know, you're already hearing production shut down to redo the pilot. It, it, again, is just not what you want to hear. For I mean, you've just heard that Joss and Eliza are back together, and that's this, you know, this incredible news. And then the first big thing to come out about it is that the, you know, the production is shut down. It, it does kind of throw up that red flag and, and start you worrying already. I know there were campaigns, like, on the Internet to save Dollhouse before it even aired. <laughs> And that's one thing I wonder is, and maybe just because I was so involved in the fandom at the time and haven't really maybe gotten in at the ground level of some new shows the way I did with this, but it seems like the hype around this was so huge just for the fact that Joss Whedon was coming back to television, coming with Eliza Dushku, the great story about how they came up with it and the concept. And then, you know, of course, some of the woes about it. It seemed like it was under an intense spotlight. It really was. I mean, you know, you haven't had anything yeah, television-wise from Joss since Firefly, and that was a huge, huge um, fandom, Not as opposed to, you know, Buffy and Angel, which was huge. I mean, there was a whole new set of Whedon fans that came in with Firefly. 
And, um, you know, that that's a lot to follow up with, and especially the problems that Firefly had with Fox. And then to see, you know, to have Joss back on Fox, I think um, it, it worried a lot of people. Yeah, it was that combination, first off, that he was going to be on Fox, and then that they had to reshoot the pilot. It was like, <laughs> yeah, and that's why there was a Save Dolls campaign. <laughs> you can't tell me so many of the fans didn't go, roll the eyes, here we go again. <laughs> Exactly, and I don't. I don't think any of his shows, maybe Sans Angel, because it already had a built-in fan base. But I don't think any of his shows started out like like really well, because you know Firefly was aired out of order. Dollhouse reshot its pilot. Buffy reshot its pilot. You know, I mean, minus Angel, because it had the built-in fan base. I really think that Joss. I don't know. There's some kind of problem with actually getting the show off the ground. Well, and yeah. one thing we we have learned, you know, since is that what we saw from Dollhouse wasn't the original concept, maybe not quite as dark, not as, not quite as, for as much as Dollhouse delves into the human psyche and is very much the kind of the existential um, philosophy or, or more philosophic show that we've gotten from Joss, it's still not the deep, dark exploration into humanity that he wanted, um, which Ray, um, Ray, one of the, dollhouse um podcast co-hosts and i were talking this weekend and even he made a really good comment that if this show had been on fx i think we would have seen a completely different show you know i was just thinking today um as i was driving and i was thinking about where dollhouse could have really fit in because you know it's not a show that they're going to air on hbo it's not a show that they're really going to do on showtime uh, you know they don't delve i mean i know they have true blood but i think that's as far as they go into the science fiction world mm-hmm. and um and, and fx was really the one that just kept popping into my mind because you know it, it has I mean, look at American Horror, Horror Story. Story. <laughs> you know, I mean, it just has these insane shows with with great but out there ideas, and and they dive into you know sex and and things like that 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 Dollhouse really wanted to explore and didn't get the chance to being on Fox. Mm-hmm. No, but I mean, and part of it, and I know there's some of the out out there right now who are yelling at your your iPod, but uh, you know, it was the fact that there was the development deal already in place with Eliza and Fox. So, I mean, that's where it had to be. It's not like they had a choice. No, 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 no. But it is one of those things we will lament forever, the old what if and what could have been. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's that's why I think doing the unaired pilot first was, was a really good idea because it, we can get out there our feelings of, well, if they had started with this, then how would the show have differed? And not really focus on that in the actual podcast and, and move on to what the show was. And, and not what it could have been starting with Echo or, or being on FX or anything like that. And just kind of get all our feelings out there and then move into actually what we got on Fox. Yes. Now, now, one of the things, too, that I, I find interesting, and it's one of these, it's impossible to, to know, but I'd love to talk about, is um, none of us got to see this episode first. We got Ghost and we got everything else first. This came on our DVD set, so we'd already seen season one. Um, is it possible, or what do, you, what do you, each of you think is, how would the series, or how would your perception have changed if you had seen this first? I'm not trying to say it's better or worse, but how do you think things are different if, if there was a possibility, you know, if you've got a friend who's going to sit down and watch Dollhouse for the first time, are you going to tell him to watch this first, or Ghost? First of all, I'm going to say this is better. Echo is better. I, I'll go on record with saying that. I, lo- I love Ghost. I'm not, I'm not bad-talking Ghost by any means, but 
for me, the, I mean, four minutes into this, and as I was rewatching today, and I was just like, this is completely Joss. Like, the writing, the acting, it really felt like the whole team was behind it. I mean, Eliza Dushku was on point on every one of these these little imprints that we got. The characters were all introduced very well. They all felt like, minus Sierra, they all kind of felt like whole characters, and we got a good feeling from each of them as to who they were as a character, as well as uh, the basic plot. I mean, it, it's a very complicated plot, but I thought it was broken down really well and and really, really well in the first, like, ten minutes. And... Um, I don't know. I just, I really enjoy this episode. I, I really flip flop. I wish I could say I die hard. Absolutely think it would be better. I think the biggest thing for me, why it's so painful is the idea of this being the first thing anybody sees is you lose the Victor dynamic and you, you lose that Victor surprise, which I know a lot of us suspected, but it was still that just, you know, that little pan shot where he's sitting at the table with them. And I think it's, is it episode three where all of a sudden it's like, Oh, he is a doll. Oh my gosh. Everybody's going to be a doll. So that is probably the biggest thing that I think is lost in echo, but you're right. I mean, the script is tight. Everything fits where it should. The exposition heavy sequences are intercut with other things to make sense. You know, the whole beginning with Adele and um, the excellent scene between Topher and Boyd where you dump a lot of the exposition and the morality that's going to be explored. But it's done in such a way that you really do have to stop and think, why does your tummy grumble every time you pass a golden arch? Why do you wear a tie every day? Aren't we programmed anyway? And it's it's such a great concept that I hate that that gets, I know we still get bits and pieces of that speech later on, um, but we don't get it in that same format. So I think something is lost. I think there are many small gems like that, that are lost by not seeing echo first, but whether or not I would tell somebody to watch it before, I I don't think I could. I don't think I could because I, I just want to see that look on their face when they get to Victor. Yeah, I, I'm definitely with you on that as far as, I mean, let's not take one of the few good things about Stage Fright Away, which is the Victor reveal. But, uh, <laughs> you know, but that scene with Topher and Boyd where he's talking about instinctual programming versus, you know, mechanical programming is one of my absolute favorite scenes. And you won't see it in its entirety in in the actual series. And um, I, I completely agree. That's that to me is one of the best scenes of the series. Now, this this is a thought that I've had, and, and again, I'm curious to hear your opinions because I'm actually a little split. And here's how I split on whether to go with this or the other. If someone is a already an existing Whedon fan or a real believer in strong character television, I'm okay giving them Echo first because they're going to think and try to digest. I mean, a lot that comes at you. It may not come at you fast, but concepts are very deep, uh, as you said, within the first 10, 12 minutes, especially the Boyd uh, Topher scene. So that then I'd be okay. But if you've got someone who's maybe a little more casual TV viewer, um, you know, and I don't want to be negative about it, but again, maybe a little more casual, not as much of a diehard or rabid fan maybe as, as many of us are, then I think Ghost is okay. I think I think that's a good assessment. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's where I'll kind of draw the line or cut it a little bit because it's it's an intriguing thing, especially now as there are some people coming to, uh, you know, I mentioned we are starting this podcast to a, f- a few folks here and there, not in a big way on Twitter here and there, and a couple of people said, oh, I've been meaning to watch the show, maybe I will. And that's where I kind of 
wondered, oh, do I go down that whole road of the uneared pilot or not? And I was like, no, nah, I better just pull the reins back because if I start that discussion, I'm going to need to tell him to listen to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's not a two-sentence answer I can give on that, or at least I can't. But, but I, I think it's, you know, I very much enjoy it now. I must admit, I don't think I did it at first, maybe the first, no. second time I saw it. Because I was already in the rhythm of what was what was aired, but but as I go back more often, which I love doing with the show, the longer uh, I have time with it, and the more often I see it. You're right that 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 Boyd uh, scene with Topher that is just wow! Talk about wonderful scenes together that really set up a series and start this whole process of what Dollhouse is, which is that your brain's going to be going on that treadmill at a at a, at a sprint pace. It's really amazing. Definitely, it, it's I don't you know there the whole I I think you kind of nailed it right there, Justin. That first ten, twelve, twenty minutes is so succinct that and that was the thing that kind of dawned on me rewatching Echo again. Because uh, I agree with you, Kevin. I know the first time I watched it, I was like, no, uh, we were fine with Ghost. We didn't need this one at all. I, I understand we took scenes from it, whatever, but no, we don't need it. And this time watching it, I just kept sitting there thinking, oh my gosh, this is. This is the show. Nutshell, 20 minutes, and now we have more story. Yeah. And it, it, I really do see how well it set up the entire concept for what they were going to be able to do. Yeah, this was an immediate love for me. Like, uh, this was the first thing, you know, when I grabbed the DVDs, and uh, this is the first thing I went to. I didn't go to the, any of the other special features. I didn't start the show from Ghost or anything like that. This is exactly where I went, and this is what I wanted to see. And this was everything that I wanted Dollhouse to be. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, it hurt a little bit to watch it and think, oh, what if, you know? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's impossible not to. <laughs> uh, but I also now kind of taken, which is where we're going to have a little fun since we're not newbie friendly. I, I loved, and I actually made a note in my notes, um, as it being redundant there, at the 9.51 mark, when we have Adele talking, and, and let me just say this quote, and I'm sure we'll talk about it. When she's talking there in our office, she says, quote, This isn't about what you want. This is about what you need. We hear that so often in the series. That is such the quintessential dollhouse and, and the human condition thing. I, I get little goosebumps when I heard it here because I know it's so much a part of the series. Mm-hmm. I, that was there were several things that really struck out at me that of course the the kind of almost what became the secondary catchphrase you know did i fall asleep and not what you want but what you need um it, i don't even know how to follow that it, yes i mean yes. <laughs> <laughs> it really does it it the need overweighing the want and that that's i think kind of what the biggest concept that I think we did get to see maybe the brushstrokes of, but not the full big picture, um, is is what are those needs that if you've got endless means, what are those needs you're going to fulfill? And, you know, of course, the first thing that comes to mind are, you know, is, is sex. But what, what are those other things? What, what are these other needs that come into play? Another thing that I thought was very interesting about her opening speech is, and I, I wish I had actually written down the actual quote, but where she makes a comment about how um, that even though for those of us who are more successful in life, there's still something missing. And it's the first time in watching that that I caught that she was talking about herself. Mm. Good catch yeah. there. 
Yes, yes. See, Adele is such a fascinating character, uh, as almost all of them are. We'll probably touch on them to a certain degree. But uh, another thing that I love about Dollhouse, kind of going semi-tangential here, is when I go back to rewatch, uh, I find it very fascinating and fresh by trying to do on the next rewatch, looking at this series from the focus of, and then fill in the character. It's the Adele show. Mm-hmm. It's the Echo show. It's the Topher show. And that's where... Adele, I think, might be, at least tonight while we're recording, my favorite character. (laughs) (laughs) Because I think on this rewatch, I'm kind of leaning towards it being the Adele show for me a little bit. Um, I just find some of her stuff just, and it's because, obviously, of the wonderful work of the actress, uh, just brings so much to it. We don't get to see quite as much here in this first one. She's very prim and proper, but we're going to have a lot of fun once we get to some other stuff. But it really, a lot of the things that are said... And this is where I think we're going to have fun, the three of us and any of you joining in going forward, is we've seen the shows enough that we kind of know a lot of the dialogue. We know a lot of the scenes. We think we know what was said, but we don't. And when we go back and watch some of this, I know I'm going to have one of those whack my forehead and go, I can't believe I missed that. Here's what she was meaning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or what you know the writer was saying or Joss was saying in this sense. Because I, I get very frustrated, and I know... Uh, Jay, you and I have thrown this back and forth a little bit on Twitter sometimes, that a lot of people do overlook or write off uh, or put down Dollhouse because it wasn't what they expected. It wasn't Buffy the sequel. It wasn't mm-hmm. Firefly the sequel in a certain sense. Um, so it is very different. So you do have to mentally go at it differently when you're watching, I think. It's not the same type of a uh, roller coaster ride that a Buffy or a Firefly is. This is a different approach. And if you change your approach, I think you are just immensely rewarded. It definitely is a big departure from from anything Joss has done, and um, that's one of the things I, I really um, really enjoyed about it. It, it wasn't, um, and especially this unaired pilot Echo. It wasn't. It didn't have a lot of action. You know, it it set up the show so brilliantly, and like you said, it had a lot of exposition, but you never felt bogged down by it. It, it was all so well written and so well acted that you really just kind of took it in and tried to process this um, this information that they were throwing out at you. And um, that's, what, that's what I really enjoyed about the show was just how much it made you think about how much they, they looked into that morally gray area. And, and, you know, you'll learn a lot if you watch the show about, you know, beliefs that you have or things that you think. And, you know, it, it's not all cut and dry. And that's, that's what I really enjoyed about Dollhouse. Oh, agreed. I mean, just even some of the concepts that I that show up in Echo that I believe were put in a later episode um, is Ballard and um, Lubov's kind of conversation where they're uh, he says something about how do you know that if this technology exists that it would be used badly, and Ballard's is that's what we do. We learn yeah. to split an atom. We blow things up. We, you know, that that's that's human nature, and it's terrifying to think of, but it also just feels very true. It, it does, and they did a really good job reiterating that, you know, for people who hadn't seen, you know, Echo in Man on the Street with with mm-hmm. all those different takes on it, and so I thought they did yes. a really good job at bringing that back. Yes, mm-hmm. it is. It's it's very much the human condition. I mean, we love to. Uh, you know, it's TV, lots of pretty people, uh, no doubt in this show there is, uh, and oftentimes TV is is superficial, it's the nature of the entertainment medium, but when you get a show like this that not only gives you uh, the eye candy to have some fun with, but makes you 
think as much as I do about this show and what it means, that is unique to me that don't get very often. And that's why I love that aspect where I think I'm seeing a lot of it too in this current uh, rewatch. Because even, even just a small thing like when Topher's talking um, about the fact that Echo and uh, Sierra and Victor you know, when they start eating lunch together and the fact they've now done it multiple times and we get some of the fun of them, you know, refer to it as bison. <laughs> a little bit bison. <laughs> you know, an all-time classic line. But the idea of the grouping and the herding and then you you start thinking about each of us and like you were saying earlier, Jen, the whole idea of Topher's speech about why you wear a tie. Why do we each do what we do? Okay? Mm-hmm. I mean, how much is so much social conventions uh, that uh, we don't even think about it? We don't even take the time to think about it. But what happens when you do and what it means, that's wonderful entertainment when someone can make me think about myself that way. And I think the character of Echo is done really well in this episode. And just like that, as far as a lot of people had problems, you know, within the first five episodes of this sort of glitching Echo that we got. But in the unaired pilot, it was done so subtly, um, you know, with her remembering the altruistic engagement or, you know, her seeing Caroline and, and, shooting Ballard in the wrong spots and, and things like that. And I thought that was done just, it had a great fluid to it. It it just, it melded really well for the show. And I think that that is another reason I really enjoyed the episode is I thought the character of Echo was a lot more relatable and a lot more, the audience could really get behind her as a character. You know, that's a really good point. And I really hadn't thought of it in that perspective. Um, but definitely, she is. Uh, thinking of later episodes, I do feel much more behind Echo after Echo. That sounds after the Unearthed Pilot. Redundant. But then, then I think I am like maybe right after Ghost. Um, I don't think really I got hugely invested into Echo until Man on the Street. Yeah, yeah, you definitely get. Um, I, I don't know. There's just something more. Uh, four you know three-dimensional about her character in this in this episode and i love that they start the episode with echo you know in ghost we start the episode with the imprint alice i believe and um so i love that they start with echo so that you know that's the first person that we see because that's really there's there's a big ensemble cast in it and it works really well but the focus and the journey of it was about echo finding herself or, or building herself back to a real person and um, so I, I love that they started out the episode with her. That's a that's a good approach too. I hadn't thought about that until yeah. you just brought that one up, Jay. That's right, and that's where it very much builds the different parts. Because as you said, as we go through this um, quote unquote engagement, uh, when she sh- you know has to, when she shoots Ballard and and she has those discussions uh, you know with Boyd uh, and decides to go all uh, you know crazy edge and and you know. Uh, goes out to the hospital still thinking she's on mission to be the the, the killer. Uh, you're right. We do have all those parts coming up about the fact that it's amazing that she didn't kill him, you know, even though she knew where to sh- shoot and all. That's very subtle at, at showing us, the, as you put it, the glitches that we get a lot more obvious ones of once we got to the little more episodic in those first three or four episodes. Yeah, I definitely thought it was done perfectly in, in the unaired pilot. I think one of the best analogies I've ever heard of Whedon television is that Buffy is your teenage years. Angel is your early adulthood. Firefly is your family. And Dollhouse is that 
grown retrospective cognitive what what we do when we hit that particular age that none of us like to really think about what we really <laughs> do start looking back on our lives where we've come from where we're at and why we're where we're at and dollhouse really does seem to kind of be that journey the exploration of of humanity and why we do what we do and who we are absolutely agree with it i think it's very true we've brought that up in some of our discussions actually on some of our panels at uh, DragonCon because that's that's part of where people go which is also i think part of why sometimes folks aren't as into dollhouse because let's face it it doesn't have the emotional attachment the other series do certainly not early on it's it's a bit uh, I won't say cold, but I'll say distant. It's a little bit uh, makes you work at it. You know, you got to think a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's, again, part of what happens. Certainly, uh, as many people get older, you realize that, that more effort is needed. But even though you're putting in more effort, in some ways, no disrespect, because I love Buffy and Firefly, you get more out of this series mm -hmm. for that reason. So, you know, t time will tell. And it's, it's, it's a pretty big statement to make about an unaired pilot. But again, we're talking also retrospective of having seen the whole series, too. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot more. I think, Jay, you kind of hit the nail on the head, is there's a lot more subtlety. And while Echo was chock full of it, the whole series really is. And that's why I'm really excited about this uh, retrospective, because I have not watched the entire series back to front again. I've watched episodes here and there when we're all, you know, sitting around one day, oh, what should we do? I don't know, let's watch Man on the Street, <laughs> you know. Um, so I'm kind of really excited to go back and see those little things that I know I missed the first time around because I was just going, who watched a Joss Whedon show? <laughs> yeah, every, everything about the episode really does feel like um, you know, you're not beat over the head with anything because a lot of stuff comes to mind with with Ballard in the first episode about how, you know, he doesn't close. And, you know, in the first episode, we get this big boxing scenario, which I'm sure the girls loved because he, you know, um, didn't have a shirt on during the boxing. I or the would like to go on the record to say that I, I approve. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. People loved it. But, you know, it, it was just kind of, it, it beat you over the head with the fact that you know, he doesn't give up, he doesn't quit, and things like that. And and they they mention Alpha a lot more in Ghost. But here we just kind of get these these little subtle hints when, when Topher, you know, is talking about Saunders or, you know, it, it's a lot. Everything is just a bit drawn back, and you really have to pay attention to get some of the things as opposed to Ghost, which I guess is probably geared toward the more casual viewer. It, it's geared toward people who don't really want to sit and listen to 40 minutes of exposition and don't really want to put the work into finding the beauty of the show. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, you know, so that, that, uh, the early scenes of, of ghost too, very much, let's face it, Eliza looked awful good in that. If there is ever a yes. dress, but it was more like a t-shirt, let's face it. So <laughs> if there was ever a reason to reshoot the pilot, it was that. <laughs> <laughs> I will go on record with that. <laughs> I fully endorse Ghost. <laughs> right there with you, Jay. I got no problem with that. But <laughs> but no, that, again, you can't. But you can't have it. It's TV. It's it. It works. There's always there's pretty people, but there's still so much depth to look at it and have some fun with it here too. Because I also, uh, and we touched on a little bit too. But I want to say that uh, 
some of the character flows here. We don't get a lot with like Dr. Saunders yet, but we certainly see how spooked Topher is <laughs> um, of her. That's obviously going to be a big part of where we move from here. Uh, we do get a pretty good introduction for Topher. Got a lot of time with him and getting to see him a bit there. Um, and I got to say, when I first watched the series, I was not a fan of Topher. He was getting on my nerves a bit. Oh, yeah. You know, um, I think a lot of people were that way. I remember in the beginning, like, a lot of people did not like Topher because he is a very morally ambiguous character. I mean, you know, he's not he, he's not meant to be classically likable. And I think that's why I really enjoyed his character from day one is because he wasn't that typical character that you just immediately fell in love with. He had, you know, he, he, was, he was kind of a... a, a jackass at times and um actually most of the time but um <laughs> but you know that's that's what i really i really enjoy those characters that you know you you have to find their own beauty and their and their own way about things and who aren't classic you know just you know heroes or, or villains or you know they have their own way about them and i really enjoyed that about topher and you know i wish i could have looked at it from that perspective because i know i was way in the tofers a d-bag camp like <laughs> <in the> beginning <laughs> and i know if i'd seen this pilot it would not have made a difference because i think he's even a bigger d-bag from the get-go from here than he is even in ghost um i think that's kind of the the other side to the coin of the the boyd tofer conversation is you really see he's like i get to play with technology <laughs> with a house full of naked like half naked pretty ladies. So there's no badness. So, you know, I mean, there's not a lot of redeeming there, but I do have to say the setup of being like, oh, he's such a douchebag. I don't like him. And blah, 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 made Epitaph one, like destroy me. <laughs> it was like heaving sobs. Oh my gosh, this tragic guy. So I, I do have to say that that worked. <laughs> Oh, yeah, the payoff was, was immense. And I think if this had come first, I wouldn't have thought of him quite in such, I won't say negative terms, but you're right, being as emotional like, oh, this, I don't want to touch this guy, he's slimy. Yeah. But because <laughs> but, actually here, his speech a little more with, with uh, in that whole, uh, you know, bison discussion and everything else there, uh, it makes him a little more uh, intellectual and not in as bad a way as I think he is without this episode first. I think we get a little more of the, uh, the 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 d-bag guy <laughs> without this one first because it's not that he's not here but i think he's also shown to really have thought about this stuff quite a bit that's true that's true yeah and he he really drives the whole you know dollhouse because it, it really is like a you know like a, a children uh you know a child playing with toys because that that's what topher is topher is like the big child who's who's controlling all these little dolls and these little toys and it you know he's just kind of um I don't know, the puppet master, I guess, of, of the whole thing. And um, I, I like Topher. I liked him from the very beginning. Again, not classically likable, but that's that's what really drew me to him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And as you said, Jen, by the time we get to Epitaph 1, it's just talk about a whole <laughs> new line of respect for the character. It's yeah. That's, again, another one of those uh, items that makes the rewatches so much uh, fun, too. Mm. Now, what did you folks, too, think a little bit uh, about uh, as far as Adele? this early on have any idea where her range was going to go i had no idea but i have to admit where yeah jay you were really in the in the um topher camp from the get-go i was really in the adele camp because i was like i don't know what her deal is 
but she's awesome. <laughs> and I don't know why yet, but she is. <laughs> there was just something so, which the, that was one other thing that I, I didn't like about Echo that Echo takes away because it's the, you do hear her like um, reporting to somebody, yes, sir. Um, where in the beginning, you don't quite get the impression right away that she has to answer to somebody else or that, you know, that she is the madam, she is the authority. Um, and I, you know, there's just something about this really intelligent, sophisticated, you know, beautiful woman that kind of had her, you know, she kind of had the strings going even over the other puppet masters like, you know, Topher, that was just so intriguing that I really, really latched onto Adele. I have to say, Echo was probably the last character I, I attached onto, but Adele was the first one for me to go, oh yeah. Like <laughs> um, for me, she just scared me. <laughs> in, in either episode, like I, I knew, you know, no matter what I knew about her character, where she would go, she just terrified me. She just has this way that she can just look you in the eye and she talks so calmly, but it's just like at any point she could just kill you. Like I, you would have, you would not see it coming. And, and so that, that was my entire view of Adele in episode one is frightening. <laughs> and it's hard for me to be, because uh, I'm in the same camp, but again, it's hard now for me to be able to separate having seen the whole series, uh, that, that uh, scene with her and uh, Ray Wise's character in the L.A. dollhouse in terms of how she gets her point across there. <laughs> yes, she is capable of doing that. I need to be afraid of her. <laughs> yes, I, I think that was, I never saw her as ever going good because I was literally so terrified of her that she had to be the big bad. Like Adele was just the big bad of dollhouse because I was, I was completely terrified of her. <laughs> Which is so amazing too, because in this episode again, her her uh, the tone of her voice when she's talking in her office is just as you said, so calculated and so soothing and and so even. It it's uh, you know it just it's like it I won't say it puts you to sleep, but it definitely gets you going. Like I want to tilt my head like a puppy and go, oh, okay, <laughs> yes. <laughs> she I just have gets to it across. Say, I mean, I don't know what it is about just the way she the way she handles business transactions. It's like half PR, half sales, half um, almost psychology that I, I don't know. It's, I mean, it's really made me think about the way I go into meetings and how to present myself in a way that's maybe is a little intimidating, but I'd rather you be a little intimidated me than walk all over me too. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah. Business 101 from Adele, but you know, <laughs> do you do the British accent? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> because see that would be me. I would go if I channeled Adele, I would just go into a meeting and immediately start talking in a British accent. That would be horrible, by the way. And then they would look at me like I was an idiot and I would just turn around and walk out. <laughs> well, being the myself, you know, the the techie, the the network engineer type person, I'm sorry, I can't help but look at Topher's office and go, Oh, I want it. I want I want ooh, I want one of those, two of those. That's exactly how I would do it if I had the money. You would totally have a whack-a-mole in your office, wouldn't you? Yes, I would. <laughs> I want the gumball machine. <laughs> I do have a drawer of inappropriate starches. <laughs> I have cabinets full of those. <laughs> yes, I mean, I must say, listening to Topher talk, especially in this episode, again, I'm sorry, I, it's part of me thinks, ooh, wouldn't that be the coolest job in the world? Yeah. 
and would I cross that moral line? Well, we're going to have to find out, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> One other thing I didn't want to forget to mention, um, it was kind of funny, again, having now seen all the, you know, the behind the scenes and bonus features, that uh, this is the episode that we get to see, quote, the old chair design. Yes. Another reason for Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> the chair was not great in this one. And I know the cast really disliked this chair. I think I think Eliza called it the hair puller. <laughs> yeah, I guess it didn't work as planned. So I get a good chuckle now seeing it, uh, having heard all that information after the fact. <laughs> now, now, what do you guys think of Ballard? He's a very controversial character for for the doll verse. <laughs> I to- I was totally fine with him. He was, you know, as a guy, I could totally identify with him. Uh, you know, looking at the, the the cop on the beat who just can't quite get that brass ring, like we said, they can't close. Um, you got to love the tenacity. Uh, sometimes you want to pull him back and say, "Dude, you know, think about it for a moment." Sometimes he's a little too reactionary. Mm-hmm. So I can see a little bit of myself in him for that reason. So identify, you know, being able to identify, I was fine. So I never had some of those concerns that, I, like you said, Jay, I started to hear a little bit because to me, he seemed like he fit. Agreed. Uh, yeah, I, I never really, you know, he was supposed to be our window into the world. You know, that, that curiosity and, and getting, you know, trying to learn what that bigger picture is. So I didn't, I didn't have a problem with that. And I, but I, I do know there were some issues. And see, I, th- I think for me, he was my Topher. Like you guys didn't gel with Topher. I did not gel with Ballard. Um, it actually took me into season two before I wow. before I liked his character, and now on rewatches, I've I've much more enjoyed his character. Um, I, I guess maybe like like you said, um, Kevin, looking at it, making it the Ballard show, and kind of looking at it from his perspective, as opposed to you know when I'm first watching it. I mean, it's all about Eliza Dushku. Um, there there is nobody else in the show. <laughs> but uh, I'm waiting for the t- for the dress to come back, um, the dancing, the dancing. But. Uh, <laughs> Exactly. But, um, you know, I really just, um, I didn't take to his character. He, he, he bugged me a lot in the first, in, in the first season, but I have to say this episode introduced his character so much better to me because it, it really, um, it was, it was more subtle. He got interaction with Echo in the first episode, which to me made him really feel like a part of the show as opposed to kind of off doing his own thing. And then well, what's the dollhouse doing? That's that's really what I wanted to see was what was happening with everybody in the dollhouse, not what was happening with Ballard outside the dollhouse trying to get in. And um, this episode, I think, brought him into the picture a little better. And I think he was a little bit more charming in this episode with with his um, his cop buddy. And, um, you know, the, the whole flirting thing and, and the apartment. And I don't know. I just I took to his character a lot better in this episode. Yeah, you're right. This does. He was always a bit of a fifth wheel, watching the episodes in the other order. Not, you know, he was just a little bit not quite in the, in the cool kids club, if you will. Not quite in the Scooby Gang, um, <laughs> you know. So, uh, but I didn't have a negative feel. But I know that that certainly got, you know, a lot of folks, uh, you know, talking. But, you know, interesting. Now, uh, one thing I do think was interesting in Echo, is. Uh, Boyd is really much more a secondary character in the background 
than what we see. You know, Ghost was kind of his introduction to the dollhouse, and and here he's already kind of an established character. Which the only thing thinking here is knowing where he ends up makes a little bit more sense even though that was kind of a, a mulligan that they went back and pulled up when it was like, oh, crap, we got renewed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, uh, who could we make a bad guy? But, um, but if you look at it in that perspective, I think that character arc could make more sense that way. You know, the thing talking about him that I can't help getting out of my mind, because you're right, that was definitely and it happens in TV, a total retcon in terms of making things fit. But I think it was the man on the street um, commentary where uh, at one point Joss was mentioning how to him, certainly in the first half of the season, first season, maybe the entire first season for that matter, that Boyd was very much, I think he called him the moral compass for mm -hmm. the show. You know, uh, Topher can talk about gray areas and, and everything else and Adele is very, like you said, business driven, but Boyd was the one a little bit like speaking for the audience of, yeah, we can should we or why and so forth so right. I, I certainly see that a lot more is peppered out in his first uh, you know six eight ten episodes of him being the one asking the question of uh, you know the whys and the hows of all this yeah I, did, I didn't love Boyd in, in any either, either pilot honestly um, he's, a, he's a good character I, love, I loved his relationship with characters like I loved his relationship with Topher and I loved his relationship with Echo but um, the character uh, standing alone wasn't my favorite and that's, and that's an excellent point this is where sometimes the ensemble pieces are what makes it fascinating I think in the show like you said the relationships of many of them is part of what I really gravitate towards I mean we've I suspect we're going to talk about it because I know a lot of us have uh, independently is how many of the episodes uh, the A story to me isn't near as entertaining as the B story which is what's going on between the characters back at the dollhouse mm -hmm. yeah so yeah that's where uh, it's very fascinating to see as those start to develop and, and who's uh, you know talking to who and what's happening with each of them alright well uh, unless there's anything we've missed I think that probably covers most of uh, what we wanted to get out for the uh, discussion of Echo um, Hopefully you folks have uh, found it entertaining and maybe agree, maybe disagree with us. But, uh, you know, this is very much a community podcast. We look forward to some feedback from you folks. Uh, a few different methods that uh, we'd love to hear from you on. Uh, as we mentioned, we're probably, you know, a couple of weeks between recording uh, sessions. So there's plenty of time to get a thought in so we can bring it up maybe in an upcoming podcast. But you can drop us an email at activearchitecture at gmail.com. We also have a, a Twitter account. You can feel free to send us an at message. We'll you know, let you know when the episode's coming out and some thoughts there. Uh, Jay, maybe you can throw that one at them. Yes, if you'd like to tweet us, um, you can follow at Dolls Active on Twitter. And um, you can find all our information there. You'll find our, a link to our website. And um, if you'd like to tweet us any thoughts or questions or anything like that, at Dolls Active. And also, if you're catching the episode from iTunes, uh, you can visit us at our website because we have the blog posts up for when we release the episodes and other information. And a lot of the links, like Jay is mentioning, at activearchitecture.net. Uh, .org and .com are already gone, so we are .net. <laughs> it just sounds more. Totally doing it. Exactly. It sounds more dollhousey anyway. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So hopefully right. the folks enjoyed this. Uh, like I said, we'll be coming one episode at a time. We're going to be doing the podcasts in the airing order. So uh, feel free to 
and line them up and watch them and send us your thoughts at a time if you want to hear us talk about a point that uh, you found interesting. We'll be glad to do it. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you. Take care, gang. Did I fall asleep? For a little while.